Hello, I'm Charles Coves, Australasia's passion provocateur. Welcome to this week's episode of the Charles Coves Show. In this week's episode, my big idea is to commemorate Anzac Day that is celebrated in Australia and New Zealand on 25 April each year. I commemorate Anzac Day and all those who gave their lives to fight for freedom. Countries go to war for various reasons, but the wars that Australia has fought in have mainly been to preserve freedom, to fight for freedom. Freedoms such as freedom to live life on their own terms. Freedom from property being taken from you. Freedom to live where people wish. Freedom to move where people wish. Freedom to look after themselves as they wish. Freedom to raise their kids as they wish. Anzac Day reminds us of the imperative need to fight for freedoms. In this episode, I explore 11 specific threats to your freedoms right now. And I urge you to think deeply right now about the need for you to go to war against those who are threatening your freedoms. In fact, this episode is a call to rise up and take action and not to be too busy making money or living your current lifestyle while your freedoms are being stolen from right under your nose. Our format for the show is that I share my big idea for the week, share some resources to help you implement the ideas contained in the big idea, a review of some key happenings since our previous episode, and then the foundational principles for this show and some further background about me are contained at the end so that regular viewers and listeners don't have to go through that. But this is useful for newer viewers and listeners. So let's go with today's big idea. Each year in Australia and New Zealand on 25 April, the country celebrates Anzac Day. ANZAC stands for Australian New Zealand Army Corps. In 1914, on the 25th of April, Australian and New Zealand forces suffered a dramatic defeat, but nevertheless showed great courage in Gallipoli in Turkey. Anzac Day is commemorated because we commemorate and celebrate those who were willing to give their lives to fight for freedom, for Australia and New Zealand to join with England to fight against Germany because freedoms were under threat. In these annual events, we also commemorate those who died subsequently in wars of all descriptions. As best I know, Australia really only goes to war to protect its freedoms or to protect the freedoms of the Commonwealth of which it's a part. 
It did go to Vietnam, which was to preserve the freedom of the South Vietnamese, forget all the political machinations, did go into Afghanistan to preserve freedoms. But that's the essence of Australia hasn't declared war, hasn't initiated war. It has joined in others in protecting freedom and protecting its own freedoms. These freedoms are precisely related to being able to live life on Australian terms and in your country to live life on the terms that you want to live them. In World War in World War One, the time of the Anzacs, and World War Two, soldiers gave up their jobs, their careers, their pending engagements and marriages to go overseas and fight and put their lives on the line. They were fighting against threats to freedoms. They spent years, four years in the case of World War One. Six years in the case of World War Two, they spent years fighting against these threats, and then they came back to Australia. Those that survived, and got back into their jobs, back into their careers, often having suffered significant physical and mental and spiritual damage. I honour them. Australia honours them. And whilst I prefer to make love, not war, sometimes you need to go to war, even metaphorical war, to fight for what you believe in. Now I say you and I all around the world are under grave threats. Your freedoms, the same freedoms that the Anzacs fought to preserve, are under threat. Here's the 11 Specific threats. There's more, but these are the big 11 threats. Number one, the number one threat is a loss of your ability to self-determine your life and how you live it. Number two, Australia and most countries are under threat of loss of sovereignty, of being able to make their own decisions because the World Health Organization that... I love to call the World Holocaust Organization, wants the right to claim its ability to declare a pandemic and then Australia has to do what the unelected officials of the World Holocaust Organization tell it to do. Number three, the threat of losing your petrol-driven motor cars for the fraud of climate emergency. Four, the threat of the loss of your ability to go on holidays because you won't be able to tow your caravan around Australia because you won't have petrol-driven cars. You won't be able to fly overseas because the fraud of climate emergency says we can't be emitting those greenhouse gases and the aviation industry is under attack, trust me. Five, the threat of losing your ability to make your own health decisions. Mandates will be imposed upon you, particularly when the World Health Organization declares that you have to do certain things. If you go to a hospital and you want to make your own health decisions, even now, the hospitals refuse to do what you want because it. the hospitals follow protocols. They follow, quote, evidence-based medicine which does not apply to you specifically. It might be a nice generalisation, but it doesn't apply to you. You have a unique body. You have the freedom to make your health decisions. That is under threat. 
The sixth threat is the loss of your home. The rates and taxes going through the roof mean people can't afford to keep their homes. Interest rates are also on the move up, although I must say at 4% or 3.6% interest rates is nothing like what I went through in the early 90s of 17, 18, 19% interest rates in this country. But the loss of your homes because they don't comply with greenhouse gas emissions, there's a real threat in the UK, for example, that you have to upgrade your home to minimise your greenhouse gas emissions. And if you can't afford it, then the then the government will buy your home from you and you will become a tenant. Number seven is the threat to the loss of your lifestyle because of the profligate government spending and the incurring of debt. Governments will not be able to maintain the current Australian lifestyle because they're busy paying bureaucrats and technocrats and wasting money hand over fist. Number eight, the threat to the loss of your children being able to live life on their terms because their education is so poor and their ability to be resilient is so poor that their ability to maintain and to continue to develop the countries in which you live are severely hampered and incapable kids mean loss of freedom. Number nine, This threat of poor education then leads to the loss of Australia's and your country's future. The children are our future, as the songs say. The best investment we can make is in our children. And I, and I am deeply concerned about what is being taught to our children. And so the future of this country and your country is deeply threatened. Number 10, the threat to the loss of electricity. Electricity is the foundational difference between rich and poor countries, as you've heard me say many times, and that's based on the work of the genius Buckminster Fuller. Electricity is the foundational difference. Those electricity sources are deliberately under threat under the fraud of climate emergency. If electricity is taken away from your life, your freedoms are dramatically hampered. Number 11, the threat to losing cash. The move is on to remove cash so that you can be monitored by government because all of your transactions will be in a permanent digital record, central bank digital currencies. Losing cash lo means your freedom is dramatically hampered. You will be monitored. Your freedom to do what you want will be limited. And then from that develops the social credit system that is in play in China right now so that your digital currency won't work if you're a bad man, bad woman, according to government. I say it's time to go to metaphorical war. You don't need weapons for this. You need the weapon of physical weapons. You need the weapon of your mind and your determination and your commitment. I call on you to go to this war to fight for freedoms. I call on you to fight for the freedoms that you don't want to lose, because if you don't, you will lose these freedoms. We're already losing them.
You are foolish if you think these freedoms are not under threat. I say it's up to you and it's up to me. I have taken those steps. I have sacrificed my income to fight for freedoms. Are you too busy making money to fight for your freedoms? Are you not going to learn from the lesson of the Anzacs whom we commemorate that and we honour them as all those who went to war and gave their lives for freedoms? They gave away their income earning ability. It's up to you. It's up to me. Do not ignore these threats. They are real. Is money more important to you today than freedom for decades to come? So let's go with the resources to help you implement the elements of today's message. And the song, and the song, and that's the value of songs for freedom as well as coffee because you can't fight for freedom without coffee. Mm. The song is a the purpose of songs. Songs are the language of the soul. And the point of songs is that they encourage us, they give us courage because courage comes from your soul. Fear comes from your mind. Courage comes from your soul. And the purpose of a song is to remind you, to motivate you, to tap into your reserves of courage. And the song is, I won't back down. Well, I won't, Tom Petty, well, I won't back down. No, I won't back down. You could stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. No, I'll stand my ground, won't be turned around. This is in the fight for freedom. And I'll keep this world from dragging me down. I'm going to stand my ground and I won't back down. Well, I know what's right. I got just one life in a world that keeps on pushing me around, but I'll stand my ground. Listen to that song. And if you're feeling unempowered, listen to this song and a number of others that fight that, that constantly reinforce the need to fight for freedom. My book is A Fortunate Life by A.B. Facey. And I've, I read that book some years ago and it reminded me of the Anzacs and how Facey, you know, this, this was a very popular book in the 80s and 90s in Australia, but it was written, in, I think, in 1923. This guy had a tough life, but he had freedom. And he said, I had a fortunate life because even though it was tough, I was free to get on with my life. It's an inspiring book. My quotes today are both funny and ironic. I had a nice chuckle as I was, as I was researching these quotes. The wonderful Gloria Steinem wrote, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Hmm. Some tourists think Amsterdam is a city of sin, but in truth, it is a city of freedom. And in freedom, most people find sin, said John Green. George Orwell, from 1984, war is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. I urge you to reread 1984. Robert Heinlein, haven't heard of him, he said, you can have peace or you can have freedom. Don't ever count on having both at once. 
Toni Morrison, the American black writer, she said, freeing yourself was one thing. Claiming ownership of that freed self was another. Albert Camus, French writer, philosopher, the only way to deal with an unfree world is to become so absolutely free that your very existence is an act of rebellion. And Soren Kierkegaard, great quote here, people demand freedom of speech as a compensation for the freedom of thought which they seldom use. And Salman Rushdie, what is freedom of expression? Without the freedom to offend, it ceases to exist. Lastly, freedom is the oxygen of the soul. Food for thought. So my spiritual tip for you today is to meditate on the motivations of those who gave their lives to fight for freedoms of existing and subsequent generations and to meditate on your willingness to fight for your freedoms. My health tip, it ties into freedom of choice on health. Do not assume in Australia that you can go to hospital and get the treatment that you want. Do not assume that you can even get into hospital and be treated as you used to. Hospitals in this country have been decimated in many ways. You have to think differently. You can't just assume that that will happen. So, pretty heavy message today, but it's a pretty heavy time. We are under grave threat. So think about the future that you want for you, your children, your descendants, and for the country in which you live. And think about how these resources and today's big idea galvanizes you to make that decision to go to war. I want you to be free to live your life on your terms. That's why I do this show. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel if you're not yet a subscriber. And if you are, thank you very much. If you like the show, please share it amongst your family, friends, and work colleagues. Visit our websites, covest.com, charlescovest.com. My books, Passionate People Produce, and passionate performance are both available on those websites. Now, before we get to the finish, let me review a couple of key happenings that have happened since our last show. And overnight, one of the world's best comedians, Barry Humphreys, died. Wonderful Australian, 89 years of age, sad times, because as many of you know, I'm chairman of the Australian Institute of Comedy I've been a big Barry Humphreys fan. He made a great contribution to world comedy. It's a sad day. It's also a sad day in Australia because the government is pushing the voice to split Australia on racist bases, and I'm implacably opposed to the voice. I urge you to be free to make your own decision and not be shamed into the idea that Voting against the voice is a vote against Aborigines, total BS. The voice will increase spending by government, will not do anything 
for Aborigines as the billions of dollars that is given to Aboriginal courses these days is spent on bureaucrats. Well, Australian federal, federal government and state government budgets are all under pressure, and particularly the Victorian government budget is under pressure from, on, from mad spending, outrageous spending, the debt burden is, is for Victoria is already huge and going up. I've had information that the wastage that's happening on infrastructure spending in this state is unbelievable. An underground rail loop was predicted to cost $50 billion. Now the independent advisor, the government says it's going to go to $200 billion. Unsustainable. And you know what happens? You look at Venezuela to see what happens to governments that run out of money, including devastation to hospital and health services and education services. The Premier of Victoria, Daniel Andrews, holds corruption inquiries in contempt. And the Australian newspaper during the week talked about how outrageous the Premier's attitude to these corruption inquiries is. He is totally non-transparent, he's totally non-democratic, and it appalls me that Victorians can put this, this corrupt, criminal politician back into power. I'm comforted only by the fact that only 36% of Victorians gave their number one preference to the Labor Party, but the preferences given to the Greens and then the, sorry, the votes given to the Greens added to the Labor vote gave the Labor government power again. The lack of transparency is another way that your freedoms get taken away. Victorians have no transparency. That then spins off to local municipal councils where they are, when people are questioning them on 15-minute and 20-minute ghetto strategies to lock you into your small areas, taking away your freedoms of travel, councils are now saying they're not going to allow people, the, the voters who put them into power, to come and ask questions of them. This lack of transparency is another way that your freedoms are taken away. Please take an interest in the evil activities of your local councillors who are selling you these messages as being good for you. It's a lie. Lastly, I mentioned the hospitals. Hospitals are behaving very badly. Be aware. And if you have not been jabbed with the bioweapon, you will be treated badly. I'm helping people who are being literally murdered in Australian hospitals. It's a big problem. In the meantime, let me assure you that Julie and I are happy. These are big issues that I'm dealing with today. But if we're not willing to fight for our freedoms, what are we willing to fight for? If you just want comfort, you can have comfort, you can have peace, but you won't have freedom. Now, if like 1984 or Animal Farm, you want to be, if you're in the leadership cabal and you're having a great time, or like the million people in North Korea who govern the other 19 million, all funded in a nice lifestyle, well, people will sell out their principles for that comfort. I urge you not to be such a person. The future of your country depends on the decisions that you individually make. So, if you're new to the show, stick around for the last part where we go through the foundational principles of the show and some background about me. We thank you for watching or listening. 
And until our next show, may your week be full of insight for you on your freedoms, on your desire for freedoms. May it be full of fun. May it be full of challenge. May it be full of you living life on your terms, pursuing your passion. Have a great week. Thanks for being with us. See you next time. Bye. For listeners and viewers who want to know more about my background and what else I do with my life, as well as the foundational principles for this show that's now over 140 episodes, here it is. Since 1993, when I left my legal career, a career that I loved, so this is now 30 years, I have inspired, motivated and provoked people to discover and pursue their passion. I have helped people with the books that I've written, with speeches at conferences, with seminars, with work with companies, team building programs, and one-on-one executive coaching. I've done this work in big companies, small companies, in government entities. One of my core principles is that freedom is what makes us truly human. That's why one of the greatest threats of government that leads you to observe the law is the loss of your freedom via being jailed, incarceration. Without freedom, you and I are not much different to animals. This commitment I have for freedom is carried out by me primarily through five channels of activity. Number one, I fight to preserve your freedom and everyone's freedom to pursue their passion. Number two, inspiring you to be free through excellent health. Number three, helping preserve freedom globally through the expansion of industrial hemp. I'm CEO of a hemp company that manufactures the world's best machinery. Hemp is a miraculous crop that enables every community to thrive independently of government. And in this way, the power of government to take away your freedom is minimised. Of course, as a subset of that, I I fight for freedom to drink coffee. Mm. Number four, I fight for freedom through legal strategies, through being the interface between lawyers and their clients, because clients don't understand lawyers and lawyers don't understand clients. And finally, as chairman of the Australian Institute of Comedy, I fight for freedom of thought and speech by comedians through humour, comedy and laughter because suppressing the freedom of speech of comedians is the beginning of the end of freedom. The foundational principles for this weekly show are founded on the formula SA plus P equals S. Your self-awareness, SA plus P, your passion equals S, your success. You will be successful when you have high self-awareness and you're pursuing your passion. The best definition of success that I have found over the years is this. Success is the progressive realisation of your worthy ideal. This show is also guided by Socrates' famous principle, the unexamined life is not worth living. You can see I'm wearing my red jacket. I always wear my red jacket in public presentations. Red is the colour 
of passion. Each week I explore one big idea that can change your life. And it's just one big idea because then there's a chance that you will remember it. If I share too many ideas, it all goes into fluff and you can't remember it and you keep doing what you've always done. I hope to inspire you to make one small change, one just one thing. When I share that big idea, I then share some practical resources. You've heard what those six resources are, a song, the lyrics of a song, a book, a spiritual tip, a health tip, a quote, and, of course, some humour. This show is not politically correct, and I love certain addictions, including coffee and exercise and reading and some unmentionable impolite company addictions. You can, you can turn your mind to what you might think that might be. This show definitely subscribes to the view that we have a spiritual life. So if that offends you, don't watch, don't listen. I promise you I don't include anything in this show that I don't believe to be of value, that I don't believe to be useful. I would never accept sponsorship for a product that I didn't believe was of value. If you have any questions or suggestions, please email me at charles.coves.com. Again, thanks for listening to this last piece as well. I look forward to having you with me for future shows in the weeks and months to come. Bye.